Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, back to school. Back to school. Okay. I across the street from an elementary school, and it was actually, I think they must be having staggered starts at some schools today. It's not everyone rush, arriving at 845 and talking to some parents saying, oh, my kids are coming in at 1230 today. So uh, A lot of kids have got like a short day today. It's a know? short day anyways. Yeah. But I think it's yeah. a short day cut in half or split in two, morning and afternoon. But Always a good reminder, again. though, be careful around those school zones you're driving. It'll be stepped-up enforcement. People, I was talking to some neighbors today. We live right across the street from elementary school. The concern isn't speed on our street because we have speed bumps, and so nobody really speeds. But I saw it again today. People drive up, little hairy mom and dad, unload little Becky and Johnny. And what do they do? They open up the, the street side car door and put the kid on the street as cars are trying to pass with like six inches to spare. If yeah. that. It's like, don't do that. Yeah. Unload your kids on the boulevards and the curbs, not on the street. Yeah, that actually might even be more hazardous than, it is more than hazardous. Sp- speeding. No, it's, it's actually nerve-wracking to watch parents do that. Watch this little seven-year-old stand there now say, don't move yeah. as a big you know, SUV comes cruising by to drop off their kids. Oh, four no. inches to spare. Be careful out there. Let's listen to the president of the, the teachers union here. So uh, Patrick Johnston uh, talking here about the teacher shortage. Let's have a listen. Until you, you address kind of the fundamental issues that we're burning people out, that mean people can't stay in the, the, the profession, which is the workload, frankly, um, you're not going to keep them in here. We know that year on year it's getting worse. Your thoughts? Yeah, so I went back and looked at the government's budget over the last few years. So from 2015 to 2018, for three years, the enrollment increased by 7,000, over three years. The enrollment this year is going to increase by 8,000 from last year. Yeah. Uh, over, over the next two years, 16,000 more kids. You go back to 2021 to 2025, over four years, 30, 37,000 more kids. Wow. So if you just... Rough shorthand, 30 kids a classroom, which is actually higher than it's supposed to be. You know, that's 1,000 more classrooms, um, you know, 1,200 more classrooms in four years. In the, you know, it's, it's more than 500 classrooms in the next two years. Uh, again, I think teachers are facing higher classroom sizes. They're, fe- they're facing more challenges within the classroom with, yeah. you know, kids presenting different challenges. I know I've got family members who, you know, some have left the profession some have moved to other provinces. It's getting, and again, when you look at this enrollment spike, uh, which again was either low or declining for years, is suddenly on the increase because we're having a huge population boom. We've talked yeah. about the impact of this population increase on health care, uh, increased demand for services. Uh, there's also increased demand on schools because so many people are moving, but 150,000 a year, 95% of those people are moving into Metro Vancouver, Kelowna area, Central Okanagan, and the capital region. And that's where the, these classrooms, the equivalent, have to be established. And, and that's where you're seeing the most burnout, I think, are teachers in suburban and urban settings because the pressures on the system. Well, is there evidence, like, when you hear the union president there talking about teachers who are burning out, like, is he, is he suggesting that like, teachers are quitting? 
They're, they're leaving the profession. Really? Well, I know. I know. Is there any evidence? Of that? I know at least two who've left. Mm. Young teachers who right. who've left because of because of situations like that. Mm. But other you know teachers go into teaching because they love to be teachers. Yeah. You know. So I don't. I'm not sure how many are actually overall. Uh, quitting on that, there's probably some, but there's also every year more graduates coming into the system. But I, you know, I've got a neighbor just talked to her. She's trying to get in here in the capital. I said, "There's a teacher shortage." Well, you know, try telling that to some of the schools in the capital. She says, "I can't. I'm trying to get in." And she goes from contract to contract. And it's the beginning of the school year, and as everyone knows, in a school system, the first couple weeks, if not the first month, are kind of a write-off as schools try to just sort themselves out with yeah. classroom assignments and teachers' assignments. So it's always going to be chaotic the first year. But I think this school year is going to be a potentially a tumultuous one because of the increase in enrollment. Yeah. Because of the ongoing pressures, those we're going to be doing stories. I'm sure we're all going to do stories on the double-decker portables in Surrey. That's not going away. That's coming back. Uh, then you've got, and uh, we had a guest on, on the program yesterday, uh, Kitty Heisloff from the TAI, who wrote a piece on the um, no more letter grades for yeah. zero to nine in terms of report cards. You're still, potentially teachers can have letter grades on tests and essays and exams, but not on report cards. And we've talked right. about this before. What are the, what are the, what are the, it's emerging, the new buzzwords or the new categories are emerging. Um, Exceeding. I thought there's no, a couple of. There's emerging, something else, and then proficient, which is yeah. the one you want. That's the target one. And then extending. <laughs> right. Extending. Yeah. One. Extending. So, um, those are replacing A, Bs, and Cs. When that was tried in the early 90s, huge parental backlash. Government dropped it at the day. They're betting this time it's not going to be uh, the same type of backlash. I kind of think there, there won't be the same type of backlash. I think parents might be in a different headspace. But the curriculum is also changing as well. Less emphasis on sort of rote fact learning, memorizing things, yeah. and more how do things actually work. Well, I, I'm not completely buying this whole argument about test anxiety and stressing kids out or ki- kids have anxiety because of a letter grade on, on a report card. You know, like to me, I think parents just want some clear information on their kid's report card and how their kid is doing. Yeah. And I, I know for me, like, Taking a look at an A, B, C, D letter grade on a report card gave me a nice, clear, quick snapshot every year how my child is doing. So, although I, I turn it around, another I agree. I mean, as a parent, it's a nice, it's a nice snapshot. Yeah. On the other hand, if you put yourself in the kid's shoes, not a lot. Of, those letter grades don't fit how a lot of kids learn. You know, they're not into that type of kids learn. And I know this from personal experience. Kids have different learning abilities and their brains are wired differently and letter grades don't make sense i think for every kid okay get set to call me on that one uh speaking of some of these opinion polls that we've been looking at and we just had a really interesting debate here among for uh which which of the two major two parties the liberals or the conservatives federally best represent the interests of young voters and when you take a look we had the young liberals on the young conservatives on and when you take a look at some of these recent polls it appears that Trudeau is losing losing the edge or losing support among these younger demographics. Yeah, and, not, and, tru- and is Paulia picking that up? It's not just one poll. Yeah. Know, people say, oh, it's just a poll, poll search. And it, it's true. Polls are snapshots in time. Things do change. But where the liberals have to be concerned about is several polls now by very reputable pollsters. You know, pollsters, polling went through a rough area where they did get a number of elections wrong. But the last few elections, few years, they've been very, very accurate. And so you've got Abacus, you've got Nanos, you've got, um, I think, Angus Reid. Everyone's picked up the fact that the millennials, and by millennials, again, we're not talking about 23-year-olds here. The millennial age is the largest demographic of all the age groups. And the millennials now are are older. They're in their 30s, late 30s, early 40s. They've got kids in school. They're trying to buy a house. 
Yeah. Housing is out of reach for them. They're just basically trying to even find something that's affordable for rent. So they're, they've got a, a type of cost of living challenges that older groups who've made their money, maybe have some life savings saved up and, you know, the, the proverbial bank of mom and dad are the old boomers. They're not the ones necessarily struggling as much as millennials. So they seem to have deserted the liberals. And they're the ones who put the liberals in a majority in 2015, backed them to a sufficient number in subsequent elections to at least allow them to form a minority. If they cannot win the millennial vote, they're not going to hold power. And they're not going to be a minority, let alone a majority. And the federal conservatives see this opening. They see this vulnerability, and they're going after it big time. Like if you take a look at some of these recent uh, commercials that have come up from Pierre Polyev, we've talked about softening his image, dropping the glasses, and he's wearing T-shirts and stuff. But, I mean, to, for me, it's more the messaging directed at young voters. I, I saw an ad on the weekend where he talked about, again, it's like kids, who, young people who can't afford to move out of their parents' house. Right? This is kind of a laser. This seems to be a pretty pretty good laser focus by the conservatives here recently. I was phoned just, again, randomly by a pollster mm-hmm. on the weekend. I think EKG National Research, I believe is their name. And it was a push poll. Push polls are basically designed to ask you a question, but really wait one side of the, the question to sort of push you into leaning one way or another. And it was on three issues. And I'm not saying who, I don't, we don't know who funded this poll, but it's interesting the talking points seem to line up with some of the things the conservatives are doing. So one is on climate, uh, the climate tax. Um, carbon, tax. carbon tax. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Poliev has come out against that. And the conservatives sure. have come out against that. And yeah. this, the, the question was, some people think the carbon tax is needed to fight climate change. Others think it's a tax grab. that's a better suited to get rid of it and give you a tax cut. What's your position? <laughs> yeah. like, hello. Yeah. But it was, one was on the carbon tax. Yeah. The second question was about $10 a day child care, mm-hmm. whether or not that money could be better used to give you a tax cut. So keep an eye on the child care issue when it comes to the conservatives. Are they going to push that one? The other one, and this is a tricky one for all parties, is on trans rights. The mm. whole, and should parents know about their kids in school, which is a real sensitive issue for, for many people, many p- students, and many, um, many uh, uh, parents. And I note that two conservative provincial governments, Saskatchewan and New Brunswick, yes. are bringing in laws that, that really start to regulate this issue. Very interesting. And uh, with these polls looking bleak for Trudeau, Very of bleak. course, the question comes up, should he pack it in? Should he step aside? Should he do like his dad did, take that walk in the snow and decide to hang it up? So Trudeau was asked the other day, has he become a liability for the Liberals? Let's, let's listen to this. Politics is never going to be a game of unanimous support. Yes, there are people who are hurting. And there are people who are lashing out. And we need to be there to reassure them that they're going to be able to succeed, that their kids and their communities are going to be able to succeed, even though the world is changing in very scary ways. I don't know. No, well, you know, he, so he'll be seeking a fourth consecutive term. Right. Uh, I haven't checked my history books. I can't remember the last time any government won four consecutive uh, terms in government. Even his father didn't do that. Yeah. He, he had an interruption there. Sure. Um, so the history, I would say, is against him yeah. in terms of forming a fourth term. Whether he leaves or not, the counter argument is okay. If not him, who? Yeah. Who's the, the who's going to replace him? Is it Krisha Freeland, who you know I, is attractive kind of in some ways, but she has her own set of baggage. And then you get past Freeland, and what's what else is up what's there? The, what's it, next, it, what's the next? What's the next tier? Apparent. So yeah. I think you know you could argue this either. Way. I go back and forth on this. Is he going to run? Will he not? But I'll tell you. I think the Liberals are in a big heap of trouble. For the first time in Abacus's polling, Poliev's numbers are better, his positives are better than his negatives. Yeah. 
And as long as he can continue to do that and stay away from stupid things like he got caught in that video calling Trudeau a Marxist, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, follow the old adage if you're Pierre Polyev. If the government is falling, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yeah. You don't have to deal Let it fall. And you know, let Trudeau be in the hole and see if he wants to stop digging. Aldry's beat lots of calls. George in Vancouver. Hi, George. Go ahead. Hi there. Uh big fan. Uh, A couple of things. Uh, First of all, on Polyev, what I would say is for some reason, he just is not attracting any traction with female voters. I know a number of females and they just will not vote for him for whatever reason. So that's uh, really curious for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, With respect to young voters, I have uh, two young daughters. The green is becoming a big thing with them. I think they're going to splinter off NDP and liberals and go to green in a big way. Uh, thirdly, on the partisan uh, debaters earlier, don't gain a lot from that. Uh, I would just say my point is every two or three elections, you got to hold your nose and vote the incumbents out of power, whether it's the NDP, Liberal, Conservative, Socreds, whoever it is, it, it is time for a change, and that's going to be a theme. Thank you. Thank uh, you. One last thing. One last thing. Diesel, yeah. please, species fairies. Hedge your diesel prices. Diesel's going to go crazy in the next six months. I'm early on this, I realize, but you're going to be talking about this in six months. Thank you both. Thank, thank, thank you for the call. Okay, well, BC Ferries is always hedging their fuel, uh, so hopefully they're up on that if George is right. Um, his other points, Polyev has had a problem. It's been documented poll after poll with women voters. The last couple polls, though, in a couple of uh, polls, suggest maybe he's bottomed out on that. And maybe yeah. these new ads are having a, a, a positive impact for him, trying to soften that, you know, hard-edged, elbows-up, needling point of um, image that he had that I think was a turnoff. And maybe these ads are going to start changing Well, take, taking a look at an Abacus poll from, like, it's about, it's about a month old, this poll, but it showed the, definitely the Liberals doing better among women voters than, than Poliev, but... It, this particular Abacus poll also shows uh, Polyev and the Conservatives with a very slight lead among women voters. Yeah, so that very slight. That seems again. This is a snapshot in time. We'll yeah. see what happens on that as you break down these polls on some of these subgroups. The margin of error becomes bigger because the sample yeah. smaller. Right. George's other point about the Greens. I haven't seen any evidence that the Greens are taken off whatsoever, and I don't see any evidence that Millennials are, are parking their votes with the well, Greens. Well, there is a problem with the vote splintering on the left, though, right? Because you've got the NDP and the Greens and the Liberals all fighting amongst, among themselves. It's interesting. You see the um, NDP has to be scratching their heads federally as well because you see this obviously disenchantment with the Liberals. People who yeah. voted for the Liberals in the past suddenly are going over to, to the Conservatives yeah. in much greater numbers. Than, well, in fact, way better, bigger numbers than Liberals going to the NDP. The NDP is actually going down. They're not benefiting from this hemorrhage of Liberal support. Peter in Kelowna. Hi, Peter. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, guys. I just had a comment on this letter grade thing. So our son goes to school in Kelowna in an independent school where we've had this extending, developing, proficient stuff for a couple of years now. And I'm going to tell you, man, as a parent, we push back all the time because you have no idea where your kid stands. The, The worst one is developing, 
And what does that mean? Like, is it, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the definition, the, the kid is having a little bit of trouble. Like, if, if my kid came home with a C minus or a D, I know that I need to go get a tutor and he's struggling in math and, and away you go, right? And right. we're just creating a society where everything's in the middle and nobody knows where they stand anymore. Mm-hmm. And then what we were told was in high school, they have to go back to letter grades because yeah. universities still require grade yeah. point averages and, and need to know. Like, you're not going to graduate grade 12 <laughs> with a, a proficient and get into a university. No. So, Great point. Where's the government Great going point. with this stuff? Yeah, Thank so you. again, we're at the beginning of the school year, beginning of this new system. I wonder where this is going to go. Are we going to hear calls like this throughout the school year of frustrated parents? Now, he's been through this in his school, independence. I have heard from other parents who've gone through this with with this these new words, and it's hit and miss. Now, one thing, the parents I know whose kids are in this sort of middle school with these new words, they do get access or told by the teachers how the kids are doing on tests. Yeah. and exams and essays, and that's where letter grades are applied.